0: Okay, so thank you for joining
1: us for Tutorial Stories, London College of Fashion's object-based podcast in which I, Susanna Cordner, Senior Research Fellow of Archives, interview people who work in or with fashion and ask them to bring in one object from their work or from their wardrobe and we use that as the basis of the conversation. Uh, I'm joined here today by Ale Hassan, who is the founder of Nubian Skin. Um, so to get us started, first of all, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And it would be fantastic Really the idea is, as I've said, to kind of get different perspectives and see how objects and really the fashion product runs between those different strands within the industry. So first of all, could you really frame who you are, what you do and what your role entails? Of
0: course. Um, so I'm Ade Hassan and I am the founder of Nubian Skin. Um, Nubian Skin is a very simple concept. It's a lingerie and hosiery brand catered towards women of colour um, in fashion and especially in lingerie, nude is such an important colour and for years and years, well decades really, um, nude was very one-dimensional and so women of colour, so black women, Asian women, anyone with darker skin Mm. couldn't find their nude, um, and so I created Nubian Skin to address that, um, that gap in the market.
1: Mm. yeah, I think that's such a... Fantastic thing to do, but it's kind of distressing in itself that that was revolutionary. <laughs> yes, since 20- <laughs> we launched in
0: 2014, so the fact that there really wasn't yeah. <laughs> much until then is a little bit problematic. Yeah,
1: <laughs> absolutely, but you're making great waves and great change. Um, so how did that, uh, so you had a great idea, you had a gap in the market that you'd recognise, that's quite a business perspective in itself. Yes. Um, so could you please describe how you got into fashion design and yeah, founding fashion business?
0: Yeah, um, so I didn't come from a fashion background. Um, I've always, always loved fashion. Ever since I was little, I'd mm-hmm. draw little sketches and like, um, especially when I lived in Nigeria, that was very easy because you could take it to a local tailor mm. and they'd make things. Um, but I actually followed a very traditional route and I studied um, economics and then went into banking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after a couple of years in banking, I took a little bit of time off and did um, things that I loved and then started doing consulting um, and really was unhappy there and really then started to thinking about okay what is it that I want to do mm. and I knew that I wanted to be a fashion entrepreneur because it was my passion okay. and it was something I loved but I didn't quite know what mm-hmm. so I was kind of playing around with different things but a recurring problem I had was never being able to find tights in my color or if I wanted to wear a blouse um, a lot of women's blouses are, you know relatively sheer mm-hmm. or lightweight um, and then being like oh great I've got to wear camisole over like my right. black bra yeah or. Uh, my white bra and just going into shops and asking oh could I have a new bra and they'd give me one I'd be like do you have one in brown <laughs> they'd be like um you've got black uh and so it kind of just popped into my head that huh mm. actually I know I want to work in fashion I, I knew I wasn't going to be doing clothing um and I was like this is a problem that I have and so many other women will have it you know what this is it this is this is what I've been looking for this yeah. is- this is the one.
1: This is the one. Yeah, that's fantastic. So that kind of means that you're applying a past passion, but also perhaps your kind of more business and consulting experience by seeing a gap in the market and seeing how to utilise it. Um, how did you translate in terms of those different roles? Because I imagine those yeah. jobs are
0: completely <laughs> different. Very, very different. <laughs> And you know what, the interesting thing is, I'm glad I was naive, Okay. because if, every, if <laughs> somebody had sort of given me a laundry list of all the things that I would have to deal with, that, I'd have been like, you know what, actually, maybe this isn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, um, so I knew that first of all, that I'd need a bit of money um, to start mm. the business. And so I actually went back into finance, because um, I wasn't enjoying consulting, and I did enjoy finance, and I knew I could make more money that way. And so I, I um, changed jobs so I could save. Um, and then um, it took me three years before I really actually started actively working mm. on the idea. So sure. I I'd, um, so I was just kind of saving. And obviously, you know, I was working on my new role and it was demanding, um, but always with the goal in the back of my head yeah. that I was going to start the business. Um, and then things all sort of, my object will come Ooh. into that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, I then decided to actively start working on it and then it was a huge sort of baptism by fire as it were because mm. I knew nothing. Right. And when I would write factories being like, I'd like to develop a sample, nobody came back to me. Really? And so I realized pretty quickly that the laundry industry can be quite closed and mm. I needed somebody with the knowledge mm. um, to sort of help me navigate it. Um, and so I found a consultant online um, who'd worked in the inter-apparel industry for years and years. And um, I made her sign a non-disclosure agreement, mm-hmm. because I was very paranoid about my yeah, idea, um, and then met with her and said, this is the idea, how do I get people to speak to me? Mm. Um, and she said, okay, and it was great, because she sort of told me about trade shows, right? Um, and where you go and you just sort of meet all these people, and you see all these things, and these trimmings, and, and mm. everything, and so that was really the start. Um, of my, you know, really getting to know about the industry and figuring yeah. out where I went from there.
1: Oh, that's so interesting. So you found out about almost how to pitch the product or how to access the customers before it was then, you know, developing the design and you know
0: Yeah, well I, I found my basically the manufacturer because that yeah. was the big thing. I knew exactly what I wanted but I just needed somebody who would like take the chance on a new business yeah. to help me
1: make it. Absolutely, so do you think those issues that you had along the way, do you think they were resistance to the idea or do you think that was, you know, as you said, the internet apparel industry being relatively closed and traditional, mm. you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I hadn't actually at that point told anybody about what it right. was. Um, it was more just saying, can you help me create my samples? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they maybe they get a lot of those questions okay. all the time and they're thinking, because when you put start-up small samples, <laughs> they're probably going, this isn't really something we're going to waste our time on. Um, but then once I started speaking to manufacturers and telling them about the idea, they were like, okay. I mean, they weren't. They didn't necessarily get it mm-hmm. at first, um, but they were like very happy to sort of okay this is a business and this could be money so yeah, yeah. They were happy yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to speak to me yeah
1: and i think surely the benefit goes both ways and that if they're helping develop a new product that shines well on them in the long yeah. run i would have thought so it's a two-way street i think as well. Mm-hmm. um so we've met in your offices and showroom today and it'd be yes. useful just for a bit of context if you could describe what work goes on here and
0: what yes of course so um we're just in a small space and right now we're sitting in the showroom Um, and that's where we've got our collection, um, and a little changing area where people can come in and actually see the products, um, and touch them and feel them because we are predominantly e-commerce, um, we do have some retailers, but, um, we're not everywhere at Mm. all. And so, um, for people who are in London and who want the opportunity to figure out what color they are, um, or figure out what their size is, they can come in try it on and then order it. Yeah, Fantastic. That's lovely. I really like the amount of personality that goes into your brand. I think things <laughs> like, like
1: the foundation match I think that's such a brilliant <laughs> yeah. idea it oh, makes a so sense. Um, it's so reassuring in a way. yeah you know, If that you have a pre-existing relationship or a trust in this particular shade, let me help you with that. <laughs> yes.
0: And I think because it is as I said it's to do with color and, and matching your skin tone um, for us that was the simplest thing was to say okay. A lot of women know their colour and foundation, mm. so then they can figure out what colour they are in our shade, even if they can't come in.
1: Yeah, sure. and Build it from there. Mm-hmm. Um. So, how do you develop new collections, new runs? I mean, you've expanded. I can see that lovely row of <laughs> shoes. You've expanded into shoes. It's not just underwear anymore. Like, how do you come up with a concept for? I mean, do you do it in terms of collections, or is it more like, okay, now we're doing camisoles, now we're doing. Sales?
0: Yeah. Um. So, I mean, the first thing was coming up with the colours. That was from mm. the very, very beginning. Um, and so now we've got our standard four colours that we use. Um, and every time, at the very beginning, I just thought, okay, what are the three sort of silhouettes of bras that mm. I really, really want, that I can never find? Yeah. what are like, the pant shapes that I wear that I can never find? And so that was a very simple collection of a T-shirt bra, um, a strapper's bra, and a sort of a lace bra, um, and matching panties. Um, and then hosiery was self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, and we sort of ran with that for a while. Um, we did a non-skin tone collection called the Moroccan Knights Collection. Mm. And that was really, um, I wanted to do something that was inspired by and made in Africa. Mm. Um, and I, I had the opportunity to meet a manufacturer in Morocco. And I was just sort of, you know, so all of that kind of conspired and then mm. created the collection. So it was more just sort of a, where i was at the time yeah yeah yeah. um that inspired that and then um with this new naked collection it was really looking at okay what are other items that women of color don't have access to in their skin tone mm. um that other women just don't have to think about mm. um and you know actually thinking about okay what's in my wardrobe and what do i wear um that this would be really helpful for yeah um, and so that's when we said okay right slip dresses body suits um bandos, just Really simple things that you don't think about but then yeah. when you have it you're like oh my goodness how have I lived with this like without this for so long. <laughs> this is
1: revolutionary yeah that's the thing in fact it's it's just so integral they're the essentials mm. and yeah yeah um sadly with that very thing in mind I guess the the problems that you can keep answering with a design idea will just keep going yeah it's
0: definitely so
1: many things that we underestimate and take for granted um that's fantastic so I liked that idea of um being really keen on designing or producing something in Africa. Um and with those individual almost that personal case study with those um examples that you gave, do you do any kind of active research for them or is it more about, you know, that personal perspective? Or, mm. you know, do you sorry, coming here as a fashion curator, do you ever use exhibitions or objects or I don't know, looking back in vintage magazines, or to be honest, looking at those source materials, does that just prove the need for for your product because you're just not seeing it there, yeah.
0: Um, so for a lot of what we've done so far, it really has been more like, What am I missing from my wardrobe? Yeah, um, and what are my customers telling me they really, really need? Right, me? um, we are working on a new collection now, which is definitely, um, sort of more inspired by looking back on, um, when the new collection comes mm. out, um, <laughs> it's just looking back a little bit more on, um some like all golden era of Hollywood stars who um I think are inspiring or just just look beautiful and it's that whole um glamour yeah aspect of it um and so yeah I think now that we've kind of feel like we've covered a lot of the essentials it's being a little bit more creative Mm. and um you know just inspiration. And in your source points. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, that's beautiful. And I can imagine your customer base you've got that trust with them now and that and then you can explore it and expand on it with exactly. them. That's lovely. Uh well from there perhaps should we move on to what your object is. Please? Yes. <laughs>
0: um so this is a birthday card which I received which mm-hmm. I reference in interviews because it was a huge part of my journey. Mm-hmm. Um and oh it's great <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you it's a at the front it says it's time to start living the life you have always imagined mm. um, and as I said I'd um, I'd left consulting and gone into banking um, when when I came up with the idea to save money and the summer of the Olympics so that was 2012 so a year after I'd come up with the idea I'd mm. gone to New York for the summer with work um, and I was staying with a really good friend of mine mm-hmm. and she was one of the few people I told about the concept. Right. And so um, I told her about it, you know, came back to London, was crazy busy with all yeah. my work, kind of like put Nubian skin on the back burner and she, I got this card um, a little bit late, a few weeks after my birthday in May of 2013 um, and as it said across the front it says it's time to start living the life you've always imagined. Mm. And then on the inside, happy 29th birthday. (laughs) Um, And she had just written a lovely note about how um, she's excited about the new journey I was preparing to embark on. She can't wait to see me on the cover of Forbes. And just, it was just a lovely note. And Literally, this was the one thing which the next day I registered the company name, I registered the trademark and then it was like i was a woman possessed amazing because it was it was just the spark because it, it made me realize like yes there is this life i've always imagined yeah. i have had this dream and actually now is the time. Yeah, and I'm just gonna start. Oh, that's actually giving me goosebumps. I think that's amazing. <laughs> so it seems it's, it's like I don't know, an, a,
1: a true act of friendship or love gave yeah. you the, almost the vote of confidence, and then that was that. Because exactly. it's all you know. I think a lot of people have um, you know the carry ideas, but being mm-hmm. able to carry them through is a completely different skill exactly. set. And yeah, that's amazing. Um, and did she get? You know, does she understand the impact of this card? Is it something you've discussed? Um, yes, yeah.
0: definitely. Um, and it's so funny because the other day she goes, I read an interview you did and you mentioned the card a card and I think I said that to you and I'm like, Yes, dear yeah. You are the one who said it to me and I've kept it.
1: Signed, sealed the living frame your life. That's an amazing thing to do because I think a lot of the time when I talk to designers or brands, it's Nick's still an investor or perhaps as a journalist. Like there's Mm -hmm. some kind of, that vote of confidence normally comes from the industry. I think it being... Um, yeah, it sounds cheesy, but like an act of love is a really um, yeah. interesting way for it to come through. And also that just pure confidence that you know it's not you have a dream and you're going to act on the dream. It's you're going to be on the front cover of Forbes. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's
0: like, like
1: you are going thanks, to make a success of it. I a lot faith
0: in No, I think but, that's yes. wonderful.
1: That's amazing. So have you really consciously kept that? Is that something that you have? I don't know, um, in in the office or somewhere as a little kind of supply of. Yeah, it's
0: um. So it used to be by my bedside table, um, because I loved seeing it and looking at it and thinking, you know what, even when it's really hard, Mm -hmm. you are living that dream. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, and now I keep it in my um, in my desk drawer. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah it's a little talisman yeah you. i think that's
1: wonderful and i think i have to also comment on the way on the design yes, it's pretty <laughs> it's nails or uh, so it's a hand with a very blinging ring holding a lipstick <laughs> and from the lipstick come the words and the nail varnish from the nails almost matches the nails uh, you have had today <laughs> <laughs> accidental coordination um but i think that's brilliant because it's brassy Thank and it's you. bold it's not some little um you know, like these inspirational memes that are yes. around under That's got some sass to it. I think it's great. Um and I really like the idea that you keep it with you still now yeah. and it's kind of grounding. Do you still feel I mean I can kind of sense it off you today, so I'm already answering my <laughs> question, but do you still feel as kind of inspired by that original concept and you know that drive to to have that business, to be that fashion entrepreneur?
0: Um absolutely, and I um you know at first it was it came from my own frustration being like why can't i find this and then i was really amazed when i mean i didn't have sort of any outside backing and i didn't have Mm. a marketing budget or a marketing Mm. plan which is a terrible (laughs) idea we should ever launch a business like that um but when we did launch and we actually before we launched we put this image up here which is four women of different Mm. and shades in in four of our original products um We put it on social media and it went viral. And Mm. that was the first time I realized that, yes, it had been frustrating to me. And yes, I knew other women wanted it or needed it. But it was the first time sort of seeing our motto and my um, ethos come to life and seeing how many people it affected and how many people were touched by it. Even if they weren't buying, they were just like, I've, I never knew I was waiting for this and I was.
1: Yeah. yeah, and there's quite an emotional reaction oh, as absolutely. well. I would, I would say, yeah, I think that's amazing. And something I found really striking with the image that you're referring to um is also that, <laughs> it sounds really simple, but the women look really happy yes. and they're not gazing out at you and they're not seductive. I mean, there's absolutely a place for that and yes. I don't deny that as, as a kind of influence within in the industry, but I think there's something incredibly refreshing, one, about the models, two, about their match points to the product mm. and three, about... Know, there's a sense of camaraderie they've got their arms around each other's yeah. waist and um
0: that was when we did the photo shoot it was it was like a party it was yeah. so much fun and I think the models were um they were just they were like this exists this is yeah way? you know they were excited they wanted so, to push the product exactly and and they and actually it's really rare speaking to them and I just hadn't even thought about this for there to be that many women of color sure. on a shoot, yeah, um, and so they were just like, what? Yeah. You know, it was just, it was, it was just such a great atmosphere, and I think that came through in the pictures. Mm. Um, and also, it was very important to me because a lot of times, women of color, especially black women, are hypersexualized mm. in, in the media, and I didn't want that. No. I mean, I think being sexually empowered is a beautiful thing, um, but when it's um, sort of convoluted or twisted it's not um and so I really wanted it to be something women could look to and relate to and mm. think you know that could be me or my sister or my cousin or my mum and just feel a celebration yeah okay. um as opposed to feeling like it's kind of trying to force you into a box which you may or may not relate to. Yeah, absolutely. And for it to be about
1: um, accessibility and usefulness rather yeah. than adornment, you know, exactly. there's a, again, there's a place for that. And yes. your Moroccan collection maybe sounds like it's tilting or the glamour you spoke about for future collections, yes. but the kind of core drive being this works for you. Yes. And that was really beautifully. Do you still, um? I really liked the way you just described the kind of atmosphere on the set and mm. I was wondering if when you have clients coming in here and it's their yeah. chance to get up to the product, is there still, do people come in and get really overexcited still? Like, you know, you they know found what? their place.
0: It's, it's actually really, really lovely because we get women of all ages come mm. in and it's it, it's really, there have been literally times where I'm like choking up like this is not professional, <laughs> um, but women who are literally just, Happy, they're like it's my color. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's my, you know, and they and they express a gratitude mm. for it existing, and that is definitely one of the most rewarding things mm. um, about about this.
1: Amazing, and that kind of comes full circle to the object you brought in because you have a clear sense of gratitude, but also kind of enduring inspiration that you pulled from this card yes. from your friend, and then to be honest, you're creating that light or continuing that connection to your customers. I yeah, well, say, thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> Um, before I get too sick of that, you can go and fix it. So, from there, it'd be interesting to talk about your perspective of, on kind of running a brand. Um, so, I can imagine yours will be the other way around, but a lot of the time when I've spoken to designers, um, there seems to be this process of you come in with an idea or perspective, you work on the design, and then the more successful it becomes, suddenly you have to run a business mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then eventually, maybe you get to hire enough people that you get to go back to the design. Um, I'm just saying if, if that relationship is kind of the same for you or it sounds like you've had a very really clear business mind from the beginning as well, that you've understood um, it's not just about the ideas, I have to be able to finish the product, I have to be able to manufacture, I have to be able
0: to sell. Yeah, um, so all of that was a was a very, uh, it was a learning experience, we mm-hmm. put it that way, um, because when I, I didn't know how the fashion industry worked and I was coming from everything is done yesterday like mm-hmm. you wanted yesterday right but do it now <laughs> um, and so when I start when I, when I launched the um, well when I created the company um, I thought I would be able to launch in three months okay because I was like of course uh, I know exactly what I want it's yeah gonna be quick um, and it took me a year and a half yeah and so I was like what is this <laughs> industry why is yeah. everything so slow <laughs> um, and so uh, but I was just so excited about the creative aspect having the product and doing the shoots because sh- um, creating shoots and directing shoots is, is a really it's like one of the things I enjoy most okay. about about the process um, and then things kind of kicked off and I didn't actually have a website so we had a blog um, just sort of updating people what was happening because we didn't have a product yet mm-hmm. um, and then literally day one when the product landed and I I had to start I had to start thinking okay actually what happens because I'd, I'd Focused so much on creating the product. Right. And then I was like, okay, well, actually, now, how, like, yeah. customer service, like emails, yeah. um, how do I get this out to people? And so then it was really a kind of working backwards, being like, right, so how do we ship mm. and finding somebody who's going to help us ship, um, figuring out, you know, and then they say, okay, what courier service are you using? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I have Excellent to think about question. that. Exactly. <laughs> and so it was really all kind of getting that all up to scratch. Mm. And then when we finally did launch, um it was and, and we actually got approached by asos because to their credit they before we even launched i think they'd sort of been on social media okay. and seen it and they thought this is something that our customers need and that right. and that was the first time i considered wholesale yeah and i was like oh and so uh, i mean i went in you know I sort of a exactly <laughs> and so it all just kind of happened um like on the fly right and i would just oh say yes to things yeah and then be like right what are inco terms yeah <laughs> like what well, you know like yeah mm. so there was a after lot of it. saying yes and blind faith and then figuring it out after yeah
1: yeah yeah. but also kind of building your community as you went yes. rather than going in with a collective or with as you said kind of yeah. backing or something i think that's really interesting but also the fact that some you know big big hitters like asus would take that interest that again is a vote of confidence yes. it sounds like you keep getting the signposting whether it's the card from your friend the reaction to the first yeah. photo in social media someone like ASOS being involved and like okay this is going to work yes so yeah I think that's really really brave to keep on going and it's absolutely the right thing to do but must uh, not underestimate how hard that must have been yes it <laughs> is
0: it continues to be um, an interesting challenge yeah.
1: <laughs> but maybe to kind of swing it to an optimistic note congratulations are in order because you received an MBE in 2017 yes thank um, you <laughs> so how did that feel was that a further vote of confidence was that a way of securing legacy. Um, um, what to see for the future through that?
0: Oh goodness, now I'm gonna start
1: getting checked up. Yeah, um, it's incredible. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Um, but that was so that happened last year, and last year was by far the hardest year in mm. the business because we were, you we know, making a lot of mistakes, learning a lot of lessons. Um, but it was really really rough. Mm. Um, and I had gone on holiday. Um, with a um, with my husband and a couple of friends, and we we're at the airport. We we're in Greece, we were at the airport, and my sister starts texting me because um, she was in my parents' place, and she says, "The letters come here for you, and I think you've done something either really bad or maybe <laughs> really good, um, because it says Her Majesty's Services." And this is horrible. Though. I probably should be saying this on record. But I hadn't done my annual return, like my tax return, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no, they've like come to get me." I was like, I don't, "You know, and I was like, it's overdue. They've been telling me it's overdue for So I was like, "Can you just open it and tell me like what the fine is?" Oh, and me. then she sends me a series of texts which are just like, "OMG, OMG, OMG," and uh, I start freaking out in this yeah. airport because I was like, "Oh my goodness, I must be in so much yeah. trouble." Prison sentence. <laughs> exactly. And then she sends me. Um, she sends me, like, a screenshot of this letter, and it says, um, you've been, uh, I'm just trying to remember it now, was mm. something along the lines of, you know, you've been nominated to receive an MBE for services to fashion, and I burst into tears mm. at the airport, because I was, it had been such a rough year, um, and I had, I, it was just so unexpected. Yeah. And first of all, I was also really happy I wasn't in trouble for my texter. Yeah. I went yeah. home and literally did yeah. it as soon as I got back yeah. on my my holiday. Um, <laughs> but I was just so um, it, it was just a shock, and yeah. I, you know, and I said to her, I was like, "Did you do this? Like, did you nominate me?" She's like, "No, I didn't even know you could do that." Yeah. And I literally asked everybody I knew if they had done it, mm. um, and nobody's owned up to it. So wow. I know, no, I have no idea. Who, whoever it is, if you're listening, thank you. Um, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So it might be one of your customers, it could be, a, it yeah. could be someone from your audience. Honestly, that's I, I, I haven't. Um, and oh, what? But a joy. It was, yeah. So that was, it came at like the most perfect time. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things where you go okay fine maybe i'm doing something right yeah absolutely yeah and
1: yeah it completely validates and on a personal and a professional level and also it secures your legacy because i can imagine you know other brands yes. are now trying to follow where, where you've gone and that is important for the industry but it must also be frustrating or difficult at times for you but that i think that mb completely secures the fact that you came here first and you made that growth yeah first step I keep saying brave it shouldn't, it's incredibly brave on a personal level it should not be brave that the industry is finally facing yes. up to that issue um, but I think that's incredible um, maybe kind of keeping on that uh, note of legacy maybe mm-hmm. to round off as you know, fashion curator I'm interested in objects and in the stories they tell and in the kind of what's the histories that we can create through looking at clothing from yes. different times and contexts? So the MBE secures your personal legacy. Um, if there was a piece that would go into a collection to represent your brand and um, represent what you've done, what would you want it to be and what would you
0: want it to say? Um, so it would be really, really simple and it would actually be just the T-shirt bra, the very mm. first T-shirt bra that we created um, because T-shirt bras are like such a basic thing Mm. um every single woman has one in her wardrobe it's so so simple and yet it is amazing to me that it didn't exist in that tone until like until nubian skin came Um, and so i think it would that would definitely be it and it would literally you know i don't know maybe it would say something along the lines of you know first collection of the first Lingerie brand to cater to women of color. Yeah. Um. Just super simple, like, I'd want it to be something where people looked at it and said, "Really? Mm, like, yeah." And exactly. it was like 20, I date, 30, I was gonna Exactly. Say, yeah. And they'd be like, "How?" Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think for me that would definitely
1: be it. Yeah. Fantastic. That's brilliant, and mm-hmm. um, that would be a brilliant. Um, Note to close on, I think, as well to just pull it together. And um, thank you so much for joining yeah, thank me you. and been for been yeah giving us the insights into what it came, uh, how you put the band together. Thank you.